Welcome to Owning the Future of Healthcare, a podcast from Health Catalyst, your leading provider of data and analytics technology and services to healthcare organizations. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Owning the Future of Healthcare, a health catalyst podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Health Catalyst Show. We appreciate you joining us for some quality care and healthcare industry thought leadership. As we maneuver today's topic, make sure that you're heading to our website at healthcatalyst.com. Again, healthcatalyst.com. For more information on some of the various topics we're going to be breaking down today, but also for some more Health Catalyst content, including more episodes of the show and other videos, articles, blogs, and more. You can also subscribe to Owning the Future of Healthcare uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations as well as notifications when we drop new ones. So thank you again, folks, for joining us on another episode of the show. Let's go ahead and jump in on today's episode of the show. We're exploring the broad field of life sciences and giving you, our audience, a look into today's trending life science topics and, more importantly, how Health Catalyst is approaching life sciences in some very unique ways and also some unexpected ways. So, for insights today, we're joined by Sadika Mamut. She is Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Life Sciences Business at Health Catalyst and a life sciences expert. Sadika, great to have you on. How are you doing today? Hi, Daniel. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I appreciate the ask, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really looking forward to breaking down this topic with you today. So we've got quite a bit to get through. Let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, I want to start here. Obviously, the pandemic has changed uh, both our approach and also for patients, sort of the perception and interaction with healthcare, and also more broadly, the life sciences industry. So I'd like to intersect those two trends. What are some of those trends that we're seeing in the life sciences industry today? Uh, how would you see them affected by some of the broader COVID uh, evolutions and transformations we saw to the care industry? And what is the role that the life sciences industry in general is playing in improving the healthcare sphere post-COVID? What are your thoughts? Um, navigating this ongoing COVID-19 pandemic has been an all-encompassing, once-in-a-lifetime challenge and experience for the industry and innovation. Uh, many industries experience rapid changes in reputation during the pandemic, but none perhaps as drastic as life sciences sector. Along with our providers, pharma and medtech are the heroes of the moment in the history who have played a pivotal role by developing vaccine and medical devices like ventilators in record time and also making essential medication available. You asked a question of what are the big trends that we are seeing, I would put them in seven big categories. One of them is the industry set forward an example of how to build partnerships focused on a common goal for population health. Traditional competitors partner to accelerate research and development, and the fastest novel vaccine was seen in the history. While the average for new drug development and review is eight and a half years or more, The two novel COVID-19 vaccines were developed, tested, and authorized in less than a year. And as a result, companies are reassessing and challenging their previous processes to enhance efficiencies. 
They are also looking at innovative partnerships to excel post-pandemic. And that's a fascinating trend. The second one is overall acceleration in digitization and almost a new role for pharma and medtech. COVID-19 accelerated the digital transformation of the pharma sector by several years. The words remote and decentralized became synonymous with clinical trials, which we had not seen before. And with approximately three-fourths of clinical trials adopting a hybrid decentralized approach, we also saw regulators and physicians partnering with the industry and patients becoming more and more amenable to remote healthcare solutions. Now, this has resulted in accelerated growth of remote patient monitoring solutions, use of telehealth, internet of medical things, wearables and sensors, and the use of electronic clinical outcome assessments that are driving patient engagement and adding data continuity that was missing before. The industry transitioned from being site-centric to patient-centric in research, which is digitization. We also saw shortening and development and review timelines for drugs and vaccines. Due to COVID-19, the regulatory authorities like the EMA and FDA accelerated their drug approval processes. We have seen rolling reviews for vaccines, which was one of the expedited regulatory tools for emergencies that also included rapid scientific advice, accelerated market authorizations, and compassionate use of certain drugs. Then we saw expanded use of real-world data that is collected outside of clinical trials and leveraging that to develop real-world evidence that informs drug development and drug use. We saw the industry became more data-centric Now, data has been sitting for a long time, but it has been in silos. And with the pandemic, there was a need to mine real-world data that is generated from these disparate resources and drive interoperability, which led to rapid growth of secure, scalable cloud platforms aiming to connect healthcare ecosystem from all different angles. We saw synthetic control arms that are now being developed to simulate a clinical trial, which is an excellent use case for real-world data, and it can accelerate approvals. It can reduce the trial costs and add immense value to rare disease studies where patient volumes are low. The industry also learned what are the opportunities and gaps in the data we collect within healthcare. And while data increased transparency, we also saw the importance of data privacy and security and the concerns, the requirements that have significantly risen from what we saw in the past with HIPAA and GDPR, which makes remote monitoring challenging and something we need to stare down and learn more about. The other area where we saw innovation in the industry is supply chain. Now, earlier on in the pandemic, as you may remember, there was shortage of PPE, there was shortage of drugs and medical devices that shined a light on cross-border reliance in trade and manufacturing and distribution. To decrease these foreign dependencies, we have seen a growing trend in bringing production back onshore in the U.S. or reshoring. 
the industry had to think out of the box to store and transport vaccines that require very specific conditions and distribution channels. So thinking supply chain now employs use of technology, data, and innovation in surveillance techniques to match the potential demand and identify supply bottlenecks and then identify secondary sources to address the shortages. Right. The next one we saw, which was uh, advancing humanity through environment, social, and governance imperatives. Organizations increase their focus in achieving equity in healthcare, in race, and gender, not only in their workforce, but also in patient care, in clinical trial patient recruitment efforts, in the data that is being utilized to develop evidence. And this continues to be ex- to be an expanded effort across the industry. Then we saw remote engagement of healthcare practices. On one hand, doctors took advantage of these remote meeting technologies to meet with their patients. On the other hand, now they meet with the sales executives from pharma companies to get all of the information online. There was also an increase use in digital channels that are available via approved email, via drug company website portal, whether it's um, virtual webinars and conferences. And that will probably continue to stay, but will be supplemented by in-person engagement as things open up. But all these changes will continue to make meaningful, positive improvements and bring innovation in coming years in the industry more than it already has. Well, you've given us a real overview here of uh, the various ways that life sciences are uh, both being affected and affecting the future of the industry. I want to hone in on one of those seven, uh, or really a, a few of those seven actually touched on this, but that would be the movement in the industry to expand the use of real-world data uh, real world evidence as well, and then using that for analysis and actionable insights uh, to inform future strategies for the industry. And this is indeed supported by both the FDA and the EMA as well. So it's a trend that's most likely here to stay if it has that sort of industry support. I'm curious your thoughts on where the unrealized opportunities are for data and analytics, specifically around drug development. You mentioned uh, COVID and the pandemic in general. Uh, pushed drug development to a more accelerated pace. It had folks rethinking some of their processes and workflows for uh, developing, approving, and then uh, launching those drugs to market. So where do we see unrealized opportunities for data and analytics to inform and further accelerate, or at least just sort of rethink uh, that drug development process? What are your thoughts? Yeah, Daniel, many of us who live in the research world often ask ourselves the following questions. What if we could bring a drug to the patients a few years faster, a few years earlier, so that our patients don't have to suffer and they have more and better treatment options available to them? What if we could do that for as many patients as possible and any and all types of patients? And what if we could do it at a better, lower cost with the highest possible efficiencies. Those are the unrealized opportunities. 
And these opportunities can be fulfilled and accelerated by use of real-world data. Now, during the pandemic, the industry has seen it in action with the changes and the shifts that the pandemic forced upon the industry. The world became more data-centric, leveraging high-speed networks to generate real-world data, and then also utilizing the scalability in our cloud platforms to connect the data. We have seen the growth of data as a service and analytics being leveraged in diverse ways from signal detection to strategic drug forecasting. While COVID triggered this revolution in life sciences industry, in the long term, one expects that industry will see an accelerated digital evolution. And I am a firm believer of that. Near real-time and high-quality data is essential for us to create a learning system and continuously inform and improve R&D, clinical development, patient education, and even manage our supply chain. Earlier on in the pandemic, without data, we were starving for data access. To understand the need of the patients, understand the disease signs and symptoms, as well as treatment efficacy. One of the great examples that I want to highlight is from the COVID-19 evidence accelerator that was convened by the Regan Rural Foundation for the FDA that enabled cross-industry collaboration to run federated studies with multiple stakeholders. It gave us all an opportunity to understand data access, data governance, data quality issues, as well as recognize the patterns and the signals in the data to inform better understanding of SARS-CoV-2. I believe there is an opportunity for such collaboration and federated approach for us to bring the data together and inform rest of the R&D for other disease areas where we need innovation across the industry. So then expanding on that and just sort of wrap up our conversation here, how would you advise that industry professionals maximize existing data that's already being fed through uh, EHRs and various uh, networks and digital channels to derive some insights and build efficiencies in the drug development process? Um, you know, it, it could be insights from within a care organization. It could be uh, insights just that are siloed to the research side of the industry. But there's already so much data in the industry. And I feel like um, instead of always looking for what new data can we pull, it's important to look at how can we maximize the existing data that's already being fed and already uh, being used to inform some of these processes. So what are your thoughts there? Strategies to maximize existing data to really improve and build efficiencies in the drug development process? Yeah, traditionally, the industry has used claims data Mm. right? that has a lag. And what the pandemic exposed to us is data that is coming directly from the patients and data that is coming in real time or near real time from the EHRs. Now, what we learned in that process as we looked through all of these data sources is the following. To inform drug development, data has to be representable of the population that you're operating with. It has to be accessible. It has to be connected, governed, and of the highest integrity and quality to provide and create a digital twin of the patient. 
Without that digital twin, it is hard to make informed decisions based off of data. So we need that 360 view of the patient in the data. Now, how do we get to that? First thing is interoperability and access. That's the first and foremost. U.S. healthcare is fragmented. Our data sets are siloed. Can we connect those data sets? Whether that's system interconnectivity, whether that's utilization of data tokens, let's connect the data. The second thing is data has to be fit for purpose. It has to support the use cases that we're looking at. And not every data is fit for purpose. That's where integration of knowledge from boots on the ground who are aware of how the data is captured, what is real or not real in the data, what insights can be derived or not be derived from the data set becomes important to perform meaningful analyses. Then having a robust governance, so solving for who owns the data, who should access the data, who is the steward of the data, who's responsible for changes in the data, and who should grant permissions. Data governance is a necessary habit to achieve governed information. It is impossible to do that without passion for patients and patient's care, because it's not just about the data. At the end of the day, you're doing it for the patient. Now, there are patients who choose to be donors, those who choose to donate their bodies to the cause of science. Can we imagine a world where patients can donate their digital twin that lives in their data to the cause of science while they're living or dead? That feels like a low risk compared to donating an organ that will solve our governance and ownership problems. And that's something that industry should look at. Last but not the least is understanding data quality and focusing on data quality. There is no entity today that takes accountability for data quality, and we have to solve for that. We have to solve for for data quality without increasing burden of documentation on our healthcare workers and our physicians. And we have to solve it at the source instead of applying cost and increasing cost by fixing the data downstream prior to the analysis. And that has to come with data standards, common data models, data stewardship, and maybe also the data quality measures. If we can track data quality with data quality measures that evolve over time as data matures, we can be further ahead in our journey instead of trying to reinvent the wheel on the data sets we have access to. And I think on that note, you've laid out some actionable strategies moving forward for what the industry can do to start to not only maximize their data, but like you said, build out some infrastructure and some, uh, you know, bureaucracy doesn't feel like the right word, but, you know, movement from professional silo to professional silo of this data to make sure that things are high quality, to make sure that uh, data is being efficiently maximized and put to good use to build out more efficient processes for drug development in the process. So, 
again, thank you so much for your insights today. It's really been a pleasure breaking down some updates in the life sciences side of the care industry, how they've been impacted by COVID and how they are going to continue to impact the future of the industry. Again, we've been chatting with Sadika Mahmood. She is Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Life Sciences Business at Health Catalyst. And Sadika, if folks want to find out a little bit more about some of the work that uh, Health Catalyst is doing in the life sciences uh, world, how can they learn more? How can they get in touch? The best way to get in touch is via our website, healthcatalyst.com, which you did mention, um, Danielle. We also have information on life sciences on the website and contact information for the team. Thank you so much. Perfect. Sadika, thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for watching today's episode of Owning the Future of Healthcare, a Health Catalyst podcast. If you like what you heard and saw and want to get some more Health Catalyst content, like Sadika said, head to our website, healthcatalyst.com, and make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you next time on Owning the Future of Healthcare. 